It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan again, as usual. But Ryan, you know, it seems like recently we've had a a couple of guests on where I actually don't care how you're doing, and today's another one of those days. Uh, so along with us tonight, we've actually got Shane, who won our overall league last year and actually won number one overall for the whole of fantasy. Shane, oh, mate, how are you today? And, yes. Um, how, how does it feel to be the champion? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. something I never thought I'd be able to manage, but everything fell in place at the end of last year. So, yeah, it was a big surprise and a bit of a thrill. So, see if I can back it up this year with a yep. decent run. <laughs> yeah. So, I only, have, I only have three questions for you because I know you're a busy man. you got a a slate full of appearances with Oprah and Ellen and a couple of fantasy <laughs> podcasts as well. So I won't ask you too many questions about it, but um, mate, uh, just two, I've, so I have two questions is so number one, what percentage of luck and what percentage of skill do you reckon it was? Uh, it's probably 70, 30, maybe 70 skill. It's still, let's be honest. There's, Great deal of luck with injuries and so forth, but probably seventy thirty. Yep. And and what about concentrated power of will? <laughs> That's a song. If you're not familiar with that, it's a Fort Minor song. Yeah, oh, well, I, I like I the obscure reference. <laughs> I bet. All right, mate. But um, before we get stuck into the content today, and we're going to do our uh, what I probably is the our, was definitely our most popular episode last year, but probably one of my favourites. Um, but before we get stunk into that, mate, I, I, I do want to know, what do you reckon was your worst and your best trades that you made last year? So what was the one that you just absolutely nailed? And what was a you know, because obviously, even though you came first, you probably made some mistakes along the way. So what was your, what was your mistake that you made? Probably early, round two, I got rid of Lachlan Croker for Dan, mm-hmm. Daniel Alvaro. So that, that was okay. pretty bad. Yeah. Mind you, Daniel Alvaro was pretty good. good in his own right. So, I mean, if that's your worst one, then you're going all right. And what about your best trade? Uh, Nathan Cleary, round four. Got him in. Him and, and Sam Walker got rid of Welch and Turpin. So, against a lot of other people's opinions, I just got him in early and yeah. didn't look back, obviously. <laughs> Now, Another when you say a lot with... of other people's opinions, you really mean mine, don't you? <laughs> Not just yours. <laughs> because don't we do know, I know you were telling us, <laughs> you were yeah, telling us off air that this, <laughs> that this is the only podcast that you listen to and you don't listen to any of the others. I, I know you were saying that <laughs> off air. But, um, yeah, no, mate, I, I, obviously <laughs> I... I lived the nightmare of not having Cleary, and yeah, c- considering that you made the you pulled the ripcord after three rounds, and and still actually managed yeah. to stay in front without starting with him's interesting. But uh, mate, that's probably a, a good segue. Good yeah, okay, far away. Bailey Simmonson to Nico Hines, round seven, early. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Stuff. Early on the bandwagon. Another one you like. Another one you like. The week when everyone got. Seen in round nine, 
I had him penciled in, and at the last minute, I changed to Tyson Gamble. <laughs> oh, nice, beautiful. And he was yeah, a, oh, mate. a really good pod. <laughs> Whoever was so, bloody tooting the horn of, so, of yeah, Zach so Sini, I'll he, tell you, what a, what a knob. <laughs> Shane, Shane has basically just won just, by you, Mark. He's not bought Sini, yeah. he's bought Cleary. Oh mate, but I also I was I had Tyson Gamble at two hundred and forty six k his first week before he even stepped on the That's field. True. I had him. Yeah, so, he turned yeah. out to be a really good pod. Oh mate, he was awesome. Yeah, he was so good. Him yeah, and we, um, we were pretty. High Greg Marju were was so good. Yeah. No, mate, and that's the thing. It swings and roundabouts. Hey, and one little decision there, you know, and Sini instead of copping a a negative one and a and a perpetual red dot, you copped a. You know, four hundred k in price rises. Uh, you know, it's it. a, it's it's an awesome. You know, it's just something like that can completely change the season. I know me personally. I called Nico Hines before he was even starting as being a potential gun if he happened to get a start, and then when he finally did actually get one, I decided to ignore it and have him ride all the way up to bloody seven hundred k without me ever owning him. So, you know, and me that was yeah. my two that the two that I picked out like about three weeks before they even started, was Isaiah Papali'i and Nico Hines, and I missed both of them. So. <laughs> yeah, I just had a gut feel with Nico Hines. I think yeah. I'm going to have to get well, him he's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll touch him. I, I actually don't think we're going to – oh, we will cover him today. That's good. He's on this list. So, yeah, you can – I'll let you have first uh, first rider refusal on Hines. But, guys, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through our – what was called our Studs and Duds episode – for last year, uh, so some um, unnamed podcast uh, with uh, you know some other other fantasy analysts have co-opted our studs and duds segment. So what we've decided to do is is shift it across, and we're going to move it to being called Real or Mirage tonight. So basically, um, you know, so uh, is it a real fantasy option or is it just a mirage? It looks good, but you know, when you turn up there, it's just a big pile of sand. So, um, guys, well, I reckon we'll we'll jump straight in, and and there's no mystery around this first option. Nathan Cleary, the aforementioned Nathan Cleary, uh, he's owned by almost fifty percent of fantasy coaches, and I mean he's just he was obviously had an awesome season last year. Uh, Shano, you mentioned him earlier as as being a, a key a good trade that you made. Are you planning to start with him for round one this year? Yeah, just. He's as real as you could get. Lock him in, put yeah. the captain on him, leave him there the whole time. Yeah. Hope he doesn't stuff. get injured. Love it. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, the thing is, even if he does get injured, everybody's got him anyway. So you just, you know, you adjust. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the physio point. stamp of approval from our last episode anyway. So. Oh, mate. Although, did you Shoulders see that right. popped up on our Facebook group about 15 minutes ago? Yeah, that apparently he's behind on his rehab. That's interesting. Behind on so his could, rehab, going to be back be in complete week crap. three or four. <laughs> Oh, mate, it definitely could be, particularly this far out, as if they would know that. And Cleary does not seem like the sort of guy that was behind on his rehab, and even if he was, he played last year with one shoulder. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Anyway, I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to be missing out. So he's in, um, yeah, he's in a monster amount of teams, almost fifty percent. So we'll uh, we'll kick along to the next one. And Ryan, obviously, this is your boy from last year. Mm. Your number one call, Ryan Pappenhausen. He's in almost 16,000 teams, which makes up 37.5% ownership. Um, is that enough? Should it be more? 
Yeah, in my opinion, it should be more. He should be close to Cleary in my mind. Like, he seems to be the best valued wing fullback out there. Um, you know, like his season got derailed last year by a couple of swinging arms. And um, uh, to me, this just seems like take two from last year. He's basically the same price as last year, same break even. Um, you know, we're still expecting good mm. things. So get get Pap into your side if you don't have him. Yeah, I've seen there's a fair few teams on our um Facebook community group that don't have him. And every time I see it, like that's one of the first things I look for. And like, they've got, you know, some, they've got three random wing fullbacks. Like they've got a Blake Taff or somebody who we're going to mention shortly uh, and no pap. And I'm like, no, nah, that's a mistake. Like start again. So um, this third guy is the first one though, where I'm really sort of hitting. Uh, he, he, I mean, I featured him in our game theory article that I put out last week and that's Stephen Crichton. So Stephen Crichton is in 36% of teams, um, but I'm not 100% sure there's a clear 10 points of value here. Shane, I'll, I'll kick it back to you, mate. Is is Stephen Crichton somebody who's been an essential part of your side or has he been somebody that's moved in and out? You got him, you don't have him. Where are you at with Stephen Crichton? Do you think he's a real or a mirage? Yeah, I've got him in, in my centres at the moment. I like to... Not to spend too much money on the centres, so at that at that price and a good team, yeah, I'm definitely looking at him for yep. sure. Yeah. Has has he moved out, or he's been a consistent member of your team the whole whole sort of time so far? Yeah, I've had him had him in the centres the whole time. Yeah, I reckon. Cool. Yeah, he can average or definitely make some money for sure. Yep. What is he? What about? Yeah, yeah, three fifty. So, what you'd be looking for there with the twenty-eight break-even, thirty-eight break-even, it's pretty like, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is there's a couple of these guys, you know, your Will Penasinis and stuff. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, twenty-eight, thirty-eight is a is kind of a pretty high number for a center. Um, and, and like you know, I'm, it's I mean they can definitely get there, but you know I don't know if it's a guaranteed walk up 10 points. So Ryan what what what's your thoughts around Crichton is he just you know you when you and dialing back to the game theory you know 36% owned are you better off just going with the crowd and and whacking him in there with the jewel and the and you know the cheap price or is that what your thoughts are? Yeah I I'm I I tend to have similar thoughts there um like he's been in my wing fullback actually um since like, you know, the early days, there's so many good center options getting around. Um, you know, that dual position is what sort of puts him over the edge. Like, if he was just a center, um, it would you'd have a, a harder case to make there in terms of, um, you know, starting with him, not starting with him. Um, and like, I tend to agree there might not be the exact 10 points of value you want, but you know, it seems like there's not a whole lot of players with uh 10 points getting around. So, you know, I'd probably be happy with a, you know, a 36 average at this point based on some of the other guys out there. Yep, cool. All right. Um, so kicking along to number four on the list here is Matt Burton. So Matt Burton, obviously, Ryan, you did our in focus article on Matt Burton. Um, for me, we're sort of of a, of a similar mind that he's going to see a little bit of regression coming across. Uh, obviously, really high try scoring rate, lots of kick meters in the halves. Um, we've sort of both got him slated for high forties plus the goal kicking if he gets it. If he, do we think he's gonna kick the goals, and and then if he doesn't, is he a buy or are you gonna pass on him? And even if he does get it, are you gonna are you gonna buy him? 
Um, well, currently he's not in my side. Um, you know, I, like I did do the uh, our in focus article on him, um, and I sort of had him projected, you know, sort of best case um, fifty five point average. Obviously, if he's you know still hitting a ridiculous try scoring rate, that can improve. But one of the key things I highlighted was, you know, from round three to eight, he's got a murderer's row schedule. Like that early schedule is rough. Um, I tend to think he is going to get the goal kicking. I think he's going to be the man. Uh, he's got a very sharp boot. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely of the opinion he's going to be in the top, you know, two, possibly even number one center come the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm leaning towards him being more of a later season pickup, like towards the origin period. Um, you know, like when you've got guys like you and Aiken and, you know, some of these other cheapies getting around, it's it's hard to fit them all in. And, um, yeah, just, I, I'm just, I guess I'm just fading Burton in the early rounds just because of that, you know, monstrous... Uh, yeah, that, that that tough early schedule plus the reduction in kick meters as well. Yeah, I guess the argument to that to that point or against that point is he did actually get a pretty couple of pretty good scores against the Storm, but there was a lot of kick meters in that, like 584 kick meters in that round three game against the Storm. Uh, and then uh, where's the other one against the, yeah, 260 and 339 against the Roosters. So, I mean, he is going to get penalised a bit from those reductions in the kick metres because, uh, he I mean, he does have a big boot. But, I mean, Shane is is Burton. I know you just said you don't like to spend yeah, money on centres. Are you spending money on Burton? No, I won't be starting with him. Got no knock on him. I'd probably, yeah, like Ryan, try and get him in later. After I've made some coin and yeah, yep. see how he does in his new new setup in the Bulldogs, yep. but definitely won't be starting. I can't afford that much yeah. on a center. No, nah, so you'd be looking at him as a sort of a first upgrade target um, to solidify that position potentially. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's that's good. Um, all right, so jumping along to Lachlan Ilias. Uh, so he's here at number five. Uh, it looks like he's going to pick up the Rabbitohs halfback duties. Uh, he's in 30.7% of teams, uh, break even at 24 in the halves. Uh, seems like a no-brainer here. Everyone pretty comfortable that Ilias is a no-brainer and, and move on. Yeah, you've got to have him in there if he's starting halfback for sure. Yeah, um, yep. it's it's hard to argue against him at that price. Like, he, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but, you know, at his break even, he doesn't need to. No, good stuff. Uh, and the same can be said about Chris Randall, who's two down. I'm going to come back to this, the guy in between them. Uh, so he's at um, he's at 31.6% of teams. If he gets the hooker roll straight into the team, no questions asked. Straight in, yep. Yep, yep. straight in. Great, good stuff. Now, Xavier Coates is the guy who's in the middle here. He's at 29.2% ownership. And he's one I did the In Focus article on, and I'm kind of flip-flopping a little bit. I, I sort of spoke to Ryan about it, and I was in, and then I was out, and I'm in, and I'm kind of shaking it all about at this point with Coates. Uh, Shane, I, it seems uh, like common wisdom with Coates is he's so cheap, he's going to Melbourne, he can score a bajillion tries. The eye test is he's a good player, just do it and, and shut up and move on. Is that the, the common wisdom for you, or do you have a different point of view to that? I'll probably pass on Coates. I don't know, he's just... Doesn't seem to go looking for the work. He'll probably change and go down to Melbourne and score heaps of tries, but just don't think he's got the base stats. So yeah. I might pass on on Coates at the moment. Okay, that's good. 
I'm good to see I'm not alone. See, he's got the number one overall finish stamp of approval to give a skip to Xavier Coates. There you go. You heard it first here on the Amateurs Podcast. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? Oh, you, Mate, you, you go all the way in the background there. Yeah, well, I mean, I had Coates in my team until your In Focus article, and it really got me thinking, and um, I, I might be following you down a dangerous path, but I, I tend to agree with your opinion in that article, and I'd really recommend um, our listeners go check that out on our website, amateursfantasysports.com. Little plug there. Um, but, yeah, like, I thought you were spot on. Like, because, I mean, his try scoring rate wasn't awful at the Broncos. Like, it was a 60% try scoring rate. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, the, I'd obviously expect an increase there, but is there going to be enough to warrant 10 points of value? Um, you know, similar to what Shane said, he doesn't seem to go looking for a whole lot of uh, work. Like, I'd expect he's going to see an uptick in meters just by being in a better team. But, yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. Like, I, I don't think you're going to be um, hating your life because you started with points. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, well, 37 average he's got to get to. And this is the thing, mm. right? Is So week one... The Storm play West Tigers without two thirds of their, you know, really good players, which is, you know, I mean, they'll probably still beat them anyway. Sorry, West Tigers. But um, then, even then, he's kind of got a couple of games of single digit scores in there. Like when I was looking at his score distribution, like he really does not hate a sub 15 score. And all it takes is one, like 12 point game against a half-decent team to just put the handbrakes on any sort of tr- price rises. And the thing you can bet your bottom dollar is Coates is going to play State of Origin this year as well. So, yeah. you know, he, you're not going to have him over the buy rounds. He's young. He's a prime candidate to get a rest because he's going to play 80 minutes of Origin as a young body, new team. You know, if he takes even a little bit of time to fill in, you know, the Storm had a they set the record for most points in a season like four weeks before the end of the year last year. You know, there's going to be some regression there. You know, half the team's leaving. This could be that the year that the Melbourne Storm collapse. I'm not predicting that that is going to happen. I think they're a top four team. But Kafusi's gone, Bromwich is gone, other Bromwich is gone, Brandon Smith's gone. You know, a bunch of players are exercising, potentially not exercising their options for 2024. This could be the, the year of discontent where the Storm machine finally collapses and on top of that you've got a winger that has no base stats is relying on tries in a season they've just nerfed the tackle bus and his only move is a bomb kick with two halves that don't really have that particularly good of a kicking game yeah uh, and I, I think it's important to highlight as well it's important to highlight as well that he is not a tackle buster like you look at like Vunavalu, Adokar, like even George Jennings like they all average like at least three tackle busts right Coates, I think, averaged one last year. So, like, you, you've nerfed tackle bust, but, like, he's not a tackle busting guy like that. So, it's it's going to be tougher yeah. to get to the 10 points because of that. Yeah. You know what? I kind of want to plant my flag on this and just stick with my original gut. But, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I made a resolution to myself in this offseason. I was going to go with my gut and, like, you know, stick to my convictions on players. And I'm already wavering on a couple, and I, I can feel the the wheels falling off that resolution. And I'm, and I don't know. But anyway, we'll chip along to the next guy here. He's somebody that I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm 100 confident I'm not starting with, which is Payne Haas. So he comes in at 29.1 percent, which is just monstrous ownership. But I think it's a function more than anything. And Ryan, you correct me if you think I'm wrong here. 
is um it's a function of the shortage of mids and you know people yeah. just wanting to lock up their 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 mid with a guy that they know is going to be the number one guy at the position. I mean, outside of Jules, um, Matt Payne Haas is he in your team? I assume he's not because you and I think so similarly. Yeah, it's funny because I was before you said uh, he's a function of the lack of mids. I was dead set thinking the exact same thing in my head. So we had a little mind meld there, and I think you're spot on. I think his his ownership's only that high just because of the complete lack of good mids around, um, or even you know mid range to cheap mids. So I think people are just looking to shore up that position. I think that's the reason for his ownership. Plus he's a you know he's a captaincy option too. If uh, clear he's not back round one, or if he has a week off or whatever. Yep, Shane, you got Haas? No, no, got Haas. Yeah, I'm going to go against you, Sierra. I've locked him in. He's okay, one why? T- talk, talk us into it. You're, you're part of the you're part of the crowd. You're part of the 29.1. percent That would that yeah, make sense? Is one just, in three teams? Tell us why. He's just a beast. He just runs hard, tackles all day. He was injured at the end of last year, and he still was pumping out huge scores. He's fit as oh, I just reckon he's going to kill it. Lock him yeah, in. Okay. And save yourself a trade later, is, is your thinking, and, and get a, a bona fide captaincy option. Yeah, it was either Papali'i or Haas. I, I wanted okay. one gun gun mid to start, and yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Who's your man? Haas, yeah. Yeah, love it. Okay. Now, guys, can you just tell me who the hell is Davi Moali? <laughs> no what idea. percentage of teams is he in? 28.1%. Has he got Danny any chance starting round one? Well, he played so. round 25. I don't think so. So I think what happened is obviously South must have rested a couple of guys and he played. So they got Totola, Tom Burgess, Cameron Murray, who are going to be the three middles with Jai Arrow probably on the edge. they got Liam Knight, Jacob Host, Saliva Havili, and you know Mark Nichols and a bunch of other randos who are going to get a run well before this bloke. If he's in your team right now, stop what you're doing, pause the podcast, open up your fantasy take him out and put somebody in who's a chance of playing round one. You shouldn't have anyone cool. in your team that's not, not going to be playing round one. Bloody hell. Shane, do a rant for me because I did it last year and people never seem to listen to me. You know, give them a rant. <laughs> what are you thinking? Just how, how can they make good catch for you if they're not in the team, not starting? Yeah. Come on, guys. They're like, oh. Oh, it's a placeholder. Oh, we'll just wait until round one. You know he's not going to be in the team, mate. We spent, like, how many hours building a website with predicted team list, mate? You know he's not going to be there. Just get him out of your team. You know who is going to be in the team round one for their respective club is the next guy on the list, which is Tom Trebojevic. He is $1 million. He's the second most expensive player in fantasy, and somehow he's owned by 22.8% of teams. Kills one6 1.6 tries per game. Is is that anywhere near sustainable? Because, I mean, I did my – just I looked at the scoring from last year compared to this year because obviously – so last year he averaged 83.8 and Cleary was about 10 points higher um, in the 90s, whereas I have them only five to six points apart on the new scoring because he's only affected by the tackle bus, whereas Cleary cops the tackle bus and the kick meters. But, I mean – you know, is there any way that he does that again? And, and you know, I mean, obviously he's an end-of-season keeper, but Shano is, you know, obviously you've got Harsh, you've got Cleary, there's no way you've got Turbo in yeah, your team. Yeah, it just kills me, but I can't fit the guru Turbo in. He won the whole thing for me last year in that 
round 25 up at Cowboys. He just went. Oh, you had a captaincy on him? And I put the captain on him. That was my only chance because I had about three of my players got rested. So I took, I knew the rest of them would have Captain Cleary. So I put the captain on Turbo, and it was the most exciting game I've ever watched when he went for this second half. The last 15 minutes. I'm happy to say as a Cowboys fan, I did not watch that game. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, 150 but, fantasy points I think he got. And yeah, that's that's monstrous. So yeah. so you're so you 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 went against the grain and that's what eventually actually won you the, the comp is the turbo captaincy in twenty four. Yeah, that's that was my only chance because all those Souths players that I had got rested. So I only was fielding yep. about memory i think it was 13 or 14 players in that last round so oh, god oh mate that would have been yeah. the biggest sweat of your life <laughs> it was unreal yeah <laughs> but I, that's funny I can't that's awesome him, unfortunately i'll be getting him no. in at some stage hopefully yeah oh mate you get him in you'll get him in at some point but yeah just you can't do it early so um, speaking of guys that you should get in at some point but definitely shouldn't be in your team for round one, Joseph Suwali is the next player on our list here at 21.7%. And, um, I mean, so we did the podcast, the Roosters podcast, Ryan, before we spoke to the NRL physio, mm. uh, but it actually got released afterwards because we're that diligent, uh, you know, people as we, we pre-plan and record things. <laughs> and... Um, we, in that episode with the Roosters, basically said that we thought that Suwali um, was going to probably take it slow coming into the year, and we expect Kevin Nagama to be on the wing round one. And then with no pre-warning or coaching, NRL Physio says the exact same thing. So I've got two questions for you. Number one, have you hit the NRL Physio up about taking over his account because, you know, obviously we're injury experts? <laughs> and... um but outside of that, mate, Joseph Suwali, is there any chance he lines up for round one? Uh, I mean, I've, you can't have much confidence after what the physio said. The ACL of the foot, you know, that was his description. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, even if he is there round Kong's one. What comments, mate? He's been in the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. That's uh, it, Like, what do you want, a cookie? You're supposed to be in the gym. You're a professional footy player. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good job, mate. You're 17 years old and you're 110 kilos. I hope you've been putting more weight on. Obviously, you're good at it. Uh, no, but uh, I think my comments, I think the comments we made in the Roosters app still hold true that, you know, he's, he's a guy um, you could probably look to a little bit later on. You know, like the, the stats aren't there to say he's a great buy. Like you're making the case that, you know, another year in first grade, he's gotten bigger. He's going to be in a in a better side this year with with Luke Keery back. Um but, yeah, coming back from a Liz Frank, it's hard to have much faith, especially after what the physio said. Yep. No, I agree. Do you, do you have anything to the contrary here, Shane? Do you think he's going to start round one? You think NRL physio doesn't know what he's talking about? What's going on? <laughs> Damn, I should have listened to your last podcast with the NRL physio. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a, a starter, so he might have yep. to be putting the cross over him. We'll see. Yeah, back to the drawing board, guys. That'll teach you for not listening to our podcast. See, we get the good information. <laughs> we get the good from everyone. Uh, I guess this is probably a good time to to wrap back and, and go through because, you know, in our uh, zest to, um, you know, analyze these players, we actually, I don't think we've really called anyone a real or a mirage the whole freaking time. So <laughs> going back, so Nathan Cleary, obviously real. Ryan Pappen- Pappenhausen, obviously real. Stephen Crichton, we're going to, 
lump him into the real category, even though he might be somewhere in the other range. Um, you know, maybe not quite real, but real enough. You know, kind of. You know, when you're in a nightclub and it's it's four o'clock in the morning and you're just looking around for the best option, that might be the the case with Stephen Crichton here. Um, Matt Burton, if he gets the goal kicking, he might be real, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to start with him come round one on the uh, the value perspective. We're going to go through Ilias and uh, Chris Randall as real, but Xavier Coates is going to go in the mirage category, which is a bit fun because I actually, even in my show notes, I had him down as a real. Um, Payne Haas. Shane, the number one stamp of approval, thinks he's real, but Ryan and I disagree, and, and both of us didn't come number one last year. We think he's a, an other, buy him later type of guy. Uh, then we've got Davi Moali, who's uh, he's absolutely a mirage. Tom Trovojevic, we love but can't fit him in at the moment. Uh, Joseph Suwali, he's definitely a mirage. Uh, even if he starts round one, I'm not convinced that he's a goer. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't think he will. Um, and that brings us through to the next guy here who's obviously had a really nice couple of bits of media about uh, recently, just on a new four-year, $500,000-a-year deal, Jack Howarth, edge for the Melbourne Storm. Obviously, we know that the Melbourne Storm have two entrenched edge forwards in Felice Cafusi and Kenny Bromwich. Shano, is there any way that... Um, Felice or Kenny lose their spot to Jack Howarth for round one, or do you think he's a mirage? Oh, I'll stay mirage. Very interested to see what that team looks like. Team list Tuesday, round one. There's yep. got to be some value there amongst the forwards, but I don't know if it'll be with, with what's his name, Howarth. Jack, Jackie boy. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a... Uh... I don't know if he'll be in the seventeen. Yeah, I mean, the only thing there would be if they move Kenny Bromwich back to a middle forward and, and put him out on that edge. And, like, mate, if you saw him, I watched him in the trials last year. He's an absolute monster. And and he is, he's a jet. He's going to be like, you know what? Uh, you know which player he reminded me of when I was watching him? Angus Crichton. Ooh. Yeah, right. Like, he's just an absolute weapon. And when he does make, like, when he does start on the edge in fantasy... He's going to be an absolute jet keeper, edge back rower, 100%. But right now, he's not in the team, and I don't think you can start with him. If he's a bench 20-minute Tom Eisenhuth-style player, even I don't think he's I don't think he's a go. What you need is you need him to go, we're committing to Jack. Kenny Bromwich or Felice are both leaving next year. We're putting him on the edge round one, and then, yeah, wheels up to the moon. I'll be with you, and I'll put the captaincy on him round one. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I don't think you can do it for now. But And the same goes to the next guy here, Ryan. Uh, I'm actually a little bit confused why this guy is in so many teams. So he's in 19.5% of the teams. It's Blake Taff. He's going to lose his job after two weeks. I don't – what like what what is the thinking here? Is is there any sense here? He's, you know, for mine, he's an obvious mirage unless you disagree. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I tend to agree. Like Unless people are thinking that he's going to – win the halfback job once Latrell's back he's going to move to halfback like that's the only reason I can think of why people might want to be starting with him because like his even his um, scoring from the, the three games at fullback last year I, like from a footy sense I thought he was pretty impressive but from a fantasy perspective he 
you know, he, he wasn't anything special. Um, no. he, even if he was to hold that fullback spot, I'm not convinced, you know, he, he, he would be real then. But, um, you know, he's obviously not. And, yeah, the only reason I can think his ownership is that high is that people think he's going to be the halfback once Latrell's back. Yeah, mate, either that or ghost teams. Yeah, possibly. Autofill. No, but I have actually seen a lot of players in our in our fantasy um, group that, that do have him. So if you've got Blake Taff, just like with Davi Moali, I want you to pause the podcast, go to your team, take him out, put somebody else in that is going to be playing for more than two weeks and hit start again. Moving on to the next guy on our list here, Isaac Targo. Uh, so he is not on the list of players that I sent you guys because I'm a dud and I skipped him. But um, he is in about 20, 19.4% of teams, uh, dual edge center. Looks to have the right edge back row spot. Maybe the left doesn't really matter for the Panthers this year. Opposite Stephen Crichton. Um, for mine, even though he's 16K cheaper and a lot smaller sample size, he seems to me to be a little bit more fantasy friendly from a from a playing perspective. Um, Shano, do you have a read on Targo? What he thinks? Obviously, we don't really have a lot of uh, information from him in the centers. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of him, but I have got him locked in a, as an emergency at the moment. He might make a bit of yep. cash, I think. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. Not sure if he's going to be in the centres or you think he'll be on the edge? Nah, sure. centre. He's yeah, he'd definitely be centres, I reckon. But um, you know, I mean, he's got a good, really good work rate there. If he's uh, just off as a bench forward, but you know, typically that sort of thing translates. Ryan, what about you? What are your thoughts on Targo? Do you do you see him as somebody that you're interested in? Yeah, he's currently my side of the moment. Um, I, like like you said, we don't have a whole lot of uh, data on him as a pure centre. Like we're basically basing it off what we've seen from him off the bench last year because um, it was pretty impressive what he was able to do off the bench. Uh, you know, he sort of seemed like he was, you know, he had the ability to bust tackles. Um, so I think you're sort of hoping for that to translate into the centre position and, and just playing in for Penrith, um, likely playing outside Cleary. It's, you know, it's hard to go wrong with a break even at 27 in that side. Yeah, he seemed like he was a busy sort of player, um, you know, when you got when you got in particular if you're running that nice line off Cleary and you know, I'm Momorowski obviously got a fair bit of ball out there as well. So yeah, I think it's all gonna be wheels up for Targo. Um I've had him kinda in and out of my team, but he's been more in than out recently as I as I resolved my um gut feel on him. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty excited to have him in my team. Um as is the next guy, Sean Bloor here, nineteen percent, um, three hundred and fifty seven K competing for an edge spot at West Tigers, and I'm pretty confident he's going to get there. Uh, Ryan, you're, you know, obviously we were big proponents of the, the Sean Bloor train last year. He seems like a walk-up, no-brainer, uh, real, uh, instead of a mirage sort of guy, assuming he gets that edge back race spot. Yeah, absolutely. If he's starting, I think you've got to have him. Um, you know, last year, like I was um, on the Bloor train at the end of the year as like a late season sort of, you know, cash out who turned into a very solid scorer and starter in a lot of weeks where we were struggling with red dots. Um, you know, if you just look at last year, he basically had no attacking stats, like no tries, no line breaks, um, nothing like that. Just the odd tackle bus, the odd offload, and he was still able to put up a 44-point average. So um, assuming you can add a, the odd try, the odd line break onto that, um it's it's hard to see him going poorly if he's playing you know big minutes on that edge. No, I think he's the anti Jeremiah Nanai, if you will. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, 
Shano, what do you think about Bloor? You you got him in your team? Yeah, I've got, I've got him. Hoping he starts yep. big minutes. Yep. No, yeah, I think he will. Yep. Uh, the next guy on our list here, I want to go here. So that's you and Aitken. So you and Aitken, I know you're. Uh, and I'm gonna. I'm testing you on the centers here because you're telling me you don't like spending money in your centers. He's at 18.9%. You and Aitken obviously had a 60 plus average in the back row last year. Says he's playing back row. Torhu Harris, NRL physio, is telling us he thinks Torhu Harris is going to be back week three. Everything else is telling us he's going to be back in May. I don't know who to believe. You know, I'm disillusioned, mate. Do you believe – what do you believe? When do you think Torhu's going to be back? Are you buying you an Aiken? Where are you at, Shano? Oh, I didn't think he'd be back in round three. I thought it was a lot later, but – Yeah, no, that was the bombshell he dropped on us the other week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was completely unprepared for it. But, um, yeah, same boat as Bert and I. I'm not spending that much on a centre. Got no knock on him. He's going to be a top, one of the top scoring centres overall. But yeah, I can't fit him in at that price. Yeah. So, mate, you you have the monk like discipline to to skip both Burton and you and Aiken and stick to your fade centre and go yeah. cheap strategy. And and I'm absolutely here for it. <laughs> Got to go with my same strategy as last year. Seemed to work all right. Yeah, mate. It's it is it is the perpetual strategy for NRL fantasy. And outside of the John Bateman, Britton, Nakora year, it hasn't let us down yet. And even Nakora started at 240k, so it was really one cheapy and one expensive guy. But yeah, I mean, mate, it's yeah. Outside of Bateman, it's been a tried and true strategy for a long time. And and maybe that's a maybe that's a lesson for our listeners. Maybe that should have been a game theory article. Is fade your centers and I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not I'm not 100 convinced it's going to work this year. But I mean, I've got Aiken. I don't have Burton, but. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of was wiggling around on Aiken when Physio dropped the bomb on us, and and I'm I'm sort of you know I'm I'm kind of in the roll the dice and see what happens camp now with him, and I I'll just yeah I don't know. So I um tell you what, if Torhu comes back in round three and he's been lying to us the whole time, and NRL Physio was the only one who's right about, it, I'm going to be really dirty. But um, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Another guy here who's um. In a contention for a spot, certainly not not locked into one, but it seems like he'd be a fantasy gun if he gets selected as Xavier Savage. 18.5% in contention for a backline spot at the Raiders. Obviously, we've got Charles Nickel Clookstar, who's the um, the incumbent fullback there, but he can play on the wing. He can play in the centers. Savage looks like an absolute jet, and it's just a matter of time before he stamps his mark on first grade. Uh, Ryan... What would you rate out of 10 Savage's chances of being selected in week one? And then if he is selected at fullback, is there any way you will not start with him? Um, I'd probably put it around 20% chance that he's starting at fullback round one. Currently, I've got his counterpart, um, Charles Nickel Clockstad, in my side. Um, yep. So it'll be, it'll, be an easy, it'll be an easy switch if um, that happens. He just pivots straight to, to Savage. But I, I tend to think it's going to be Chance back there week one. Um, I'd, I'd say pretty strong chance. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. If I mean, like we say, in the in focus for Chance, which we covered in detail, and for those of you that are that haven't got Chance, he's sub ten percent uh, only just though. Uh, but um, you know, we did an in focus article on him, and and basically the thing is, at the end, you know, you whack Chance in your team if he's not selected, and it is Savage, and you just pocket the eighty seven k and use it on something else. So, 
it's you know it's much easier to trade down than it is to try to find money for somebody later on if you're building your whole team around a certain price point. So that's uh that's my, my hot tip, Shano. What do you think about Savage? You see much from him or anything you didn't like specifically, or you're aboard the train? Think he's real, assuming he's getting the spot. Yeah, I don't think he'll get the spot. I've got CMK locked in as well. I reckon he'll yeah. be one of the guns this year. I reckon he'll have a good man. Year. Pro yeah, CNK no, podcast, I love it. I had Savage for, I think, one week last year. He got a good score and then he got injured. But, yeah, I keep an eye on him. He seems like a good prospect. Yep. No, good stuff. All right. Speaking of good prospects, uh, Junior Talatawa Moon's the next guy on our list here at 18.2%. 350K. Looks the favourite for the Dragons half spot offers at Ben Hunt. Uh did you see anything from a moan? Do you think it's going to be him or Sullivan Chain while we got you? And um, and uh, is he somebody that you'll be starting with if he's in the sixth jersey? Yeah, if he, I'll definitely be getting him if he starts. But, yeah, I'm not sure if he'll get the 5-8 over Sullivan. I think Sullivan might might get it, which will, I'll have to look for someone else. But he's definitely there, 350K if he gets the starting spot, for sure. Yep. No, he's in my um, he's in my squad at the moment, and I I don't know what I'm going to do if he's not selected because it's kind of going to really push me into an awkward spot with my team composition. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously Sullivan was really good, but Amone was really good last year as well. And, and I mean, the thing with Sullivan is he can play in the nine, and I mean McCulloch is not exactly doing himself any favors either. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. They've also got Embai though as well, who's going to probably loiter around the 17 somewhere and be annoying for us all. So, yeah, Hook hates our fantasy team, so it'll probably be some sort of weird thing where they switch Amon and Sullivan every second week and and just make our lives hell. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right for Hook. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, next guy on the list, William K. obviously with the departure of Ryan oh, – Reese Hoffman, not Ryan Hoffman. Um, different different eras. Uh, he's he's headed over to the Bulldogs and, and paved the way uh, along with some injuries there for K to probably play that centre role to start the year at the Tigers. But, I mean, you know, Adam Dewey potentially back in week three as well as per physio. Um, I'm tending to think that if the choice is leaving Jackson Hastings or Luke Brooks out or leaving random William K out, that they're going to leave him out and put Dewey in the centres. Uh Ryan, is that your thinking? or I mean, what do you reckon? They've got a couple of options there. They've got Peachy they could whack into the centres. Are we just completely dismissing that option? Um, is Kay a, a real, or do you think he's going to probably land more in the Mirage category? I'm leaning more towards the Mirage category. I don't think Peachy's going to play centre. I think he's been specifically bored to play utility slash you know, occasional hooker minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Although I, I was listening to our, our friends at the hotel today, uh, you know they were doing, um, you know, talking about their halves uh, podcast, and you know I, I heard them. I'm not sure what the source is, but I heard them mentioning, um, you know, that Dewey. They were, they were the Tigers were looking at moving Dewey to the halves, like once he's back from injury, and you know Jackson Hastings potentially missing out. So um, if that is the case, then you know maybe there is a case to be made there for K just simply at that price, like 220k um, when money's hard to come by. Um, you know you, you're desperate for that extra, you know 80k or whatever to move elsewhere. Um, yeah. uh, I, I think he might be popular just because of that. It just seems a bit odd 
that they would, you know, specifically like go out of their way to keep Luke Brooks when the Knights are obviously trying to get him. And they're like, no, Luke Brooks is our man. We want to keep him. He's, he's in our team for this year. Training the house down, blah, blah, blah. You've gone out of your way to drag Jackson Hastings back from the from England. And then what you're going to – he's not going to play lock. They're not going to have, you know, uh, bump one of Seifarth, Offan Gowie or um, bloody Tom McKayley out of the team so Jackson Hastings can play out of position at lock so they can have William Kay in the team. Like, if you honestly believe that, you're an idiot. Like, really. <laughs> if you honestly believe that that's going to happen, you're an idiot. So, like, I think just by process of elimination, something funky is going to have to happen there. Whether it's Tyrone Peachy play centre or, like, to allow them to run that four forward bench. And maybe Jackson Hastings is the 14. I don't know. Maybe he's playing – maybe Hastings is playing nine. I don't know. There's But there's got to be something weird that happens. Like, otherwise, it doesn't make sense for them to bring up some random no-name that isn't particularly well-touted through the club. You know, they've let a bunch of junior guys leave. They obviously figure they've they've got the solution there. I can't help but think that it's not K and that it's Dewey at centre. You know, but, you know, maybe I'm an idiot. Who knows? Maybe Sean Bloor's going to play centre. I don't know. Or Luke Garner. God knows. Who knows? Alex Twole in the centres for all I care. I don't care. Tigers. Is Cheek Camp still there? No, he's not. He's at the, he's at the Rabbitohs now. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, no, he's lost all relevance since leaving the Tigers, mate. Shane, what do you reckon, mate? Well, talk to me about the next guy who's also a Tiger, Stefano Udo Ekamano. Obviously, went uh, sort of pretty good to start the year. Slow burn, cash cow turn, turn bloody elite weapon after the after the state of origin period. Uh, he's in what is he in seventeen percent of teams? Is he somebody? That's in your team at the moment. Obviously, it sounds like you've you got a fair bit of money if you're not splashing out on Aiken or Burton or or these sorts of guys. Is is, is Stefano yeah. somebody you got locked into your side? Yeah, I've got. I'm not going to try and pronounce his second name, Stefano. I've got him locked yep. in. He's new Payne Haas, I reckon. Locked in a oh. new contract, big minutes. Yeah, going to gun up, I reckon. Yeah, well, because uh, Ryan and I have been sort of talking at length off air via private message. He's one of the ones that we're like, you know, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he the one that's giving you the most like heebie-jeebies? Yeah, he's one I'm a little bit worried about just in terms of minutes. Like that uh, Tigers pack is so, uh, you know, crowded. Like there's a lot of guys in that team. It's very dragons um, you know, isn't it? It is. Uh, it gives me a little <laughs> bit like like when we when I did my focus on him, like he was one of the the first guys we did an article on. Um I, I sort of came to the conclusion for him to be um, you know, a solid buy, he needed about fifty five minutes. And if he was gonna be a keeper, he needed about sixty, which is certainly possible. Um I'm just I don't know, I'm just not convinced he's gonna get it though, like with how many forwards are in that pack. Like I could probably see him getting about mm. fifty minutes a game and being like good, but like not enough to make you a whole lot of money is sort of where I'm leaning at the moment. Yeah, unless you're planning on keeping him as your eighteenth man or something like that. And and you know, mids are pretty thin. He could be one you hold all the way through and then just do a luxury upgrade upgrade last like later in the year if you get lucky with trades. But uh sounds like he's got the number one Stamp of approval. So maybe we need to just roll with the punches and 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 throw him in the team. Hoping for sixty yeah, I mean, minutes. 
60 minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, mate, at the well, worst case, awesome. he, in the worst case, he fits the billing of, is this player fun to watch? He's certainly fun to watch. So he's got that going. Oh, yes, he does. Yep. I remember when we were trying to work out if, if Payne Haas was going to get 50 minutes and then he came out and got about 70 minutes a game. I don't think Stefano's going to do that, but he could absolutely, he's fit enough to be Payne Haas for sure. Can the and, Tigers you know, hire Anthony Seabolt? Oh, mate, don't talk to me about Anthony Seabolt. We don't have enough time on this podcast. Uh, all right, Isaiah Tass, he was the one, next one on the list here. We were touting him as being a potential option for the centers. I got a really nice Instagram message the other day from our good friend Oscar Sob, the uh, the origin of the Sob story in the in the group, in the old fantasy group, actually. And he sent me the Rabbitohs hype-up video thing for Fox League where Jackson Paulo's got a number three on his back. So um, it sounds to me like it's going to be Jackson Paulo in the centers and Mansour on the wing and no Isaiah Tass. So you can pause the podcast, go into your fantasy team if you got him in there, take him out and replace Hold him on, with guys. somebody who's going to be available in week one. Hold on, guys. Can we pause? I just need to take him out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We can continue. To... Good stuff. All right. Next man on the list here, Jaden Burrell, uh, Cronulla Sharks, uh, Gunn, Junior, Hooker who is a less than 1% chance to be available in round one. Uh, obviously, they've got a bloke by the name of Cameron McInnes, who they've just brought to their team, in addition to Blake Braley, who's just signed a gigantic extension. Uh, he is a depth player at the club only, 16.6% of teams. If he is in your team, pause the podcast, go to your team, take him out of your team, and replace him with somebody who's going to be playing in week one. <laughs> Next guy on the list, Tavita Pangai Jr. Ryan, I'm going to yes. kick to you on this one because I'm going to leave the next player uh, because I know Shano's excited about this guy, the next guy after Pangai. So, mate, Pangai Jr., he is in 15.9% of teams. He is presently in my team. Is he presently in your team? He is, um, absolutely. I, I'm a big fan of Pangai. Uh, the risk with him, though, is obviously, you know, his track record. He's, uh, you know, a, a, hmm. a, an accident away or a slight crusher tackle away from being gone for a month because, uh, you know, yeah. unfortunately he does have that track record. But um, to me, he just he, he seems like he's going to be a big beneficiary of these uh, four-point offloads. Um, he's obviously taking a little bit of a hit with the tackle breaks, but you know, he, in his uh, second row starts for the Broncos last year, he averaged um, just a touch over three offloads a game. Um, you know, if two of those are hitting the hand, it's it's going to be good signs for him. He's actually one that may go up in average um, based on his second row average last year for the Bronx. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm wheels up on Pangai. It's just the risk you run of uh, potential suspension incoming. Yeah, outside of the bonehead tax, he seems pretty obvious. Shane, what do you think about Pangai? It sounds like me, like you probably have spent too much money and you might not have him in your team. Yeah, I haven't got him in. I have been looking at him. I think the, yeah, the new scoring will suit him, but yeah, he's mm. not too reliable. Just but, admiring yeah, have, him from afar at the moment. Yeah, I haven't got him in there at the moment. But I like, like that um, the meme with Wolverine well. where he's got the photo frame and he's like stroking the, <laughs> the photo frame. Yeah, he's a scary man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm really looking forward to like just cheering every single four point offload he's throwing and then just throwing my hands oh. in my head in the moment oh, he like accidentally a puts a crusher tackle on or something like that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you're gonna yeah. live live with the high. Maybe he's the new Marty to power, mate. Yeah, that's true. Could be. Ride the high, ride the lightning. But um, mate, Shano, next guy here sounds like you're pretty excited about him, Nico Hines. Obviously, he was one of your your gun, your best trade from last year, or, or up there with it. Six hundred and two k comes across to the Cronulla Sharks. Going to be playing in the halves, probably with Matt Moylan. Looks like you know an absolute jet. Just eye test, everything's all there, mate. Is um, you know, confidence levels out of out of a thousand. Where are you at with Nico Hines? Yeah, I've definitely got him in there with Nathan Cleary in the halves. Reckon okay. he's just a classy player. Should have the goal kicking as well. Yeah, might take a while to to gel with new team and all that, but yeah, I just think he's a class player. Good yeah. scorer for no. fantasy. And he, yeah, yeah, mate, he did so well 14.8% of teams. So obviously you've got a lot of people that agree with you. Yeah, get him in there. Yeah. yeah. No, he looks like a jet. I really want to have him. I can't fit him at the moment. But, um, yeah, he's definitely one that I've I've sort of been flirting with the idea. I had a build where I had him. Um, he subsequently left my team. But I think um, if it's Moylan and he's definitely doing the goal kicking, I'll um, – I'll really be sweating not not getting him. So if 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 I decide not to, Ryan, are you? I mean, you know, he's you know, obviously we know he's a gun, but is he is he real for you, or is he one of those not right now guys for you? Uh, well, um, the news I've seen is that Moylan has been training at six, um, not Trindle. So I, I think mm-hmm. if it is Moylan there round one, um, he's definitely in the real category. Um, you know, we've discussed Hines at length uh, in terms of. Um, you know, Moyland does have a little bit of an injury history, which might not be great for Hines if he's partnering Trindle come, you know, round six. Uh, you know, he's, he's not currently in my team. I've opted for another option that we'll, I'm sure we'll get to in a pod episode uh, down the line. Um, but I, I do think he is real if he is partnering Moylan round one. Good stuff. Next guy on the list here, Kobe Hetherington. Um, so he was one that we kind of, when we were on the Broncos pod, we were sort of talking about the lack of mid options. Or, you know, maybe you could take him with five or six points value and put him in your bench hooker cover, blah, blah, blah. Then we got um, Chris Randall, and obviously we had to reevaluate that. And, you know, I smacked myself a little bit with the, the Game Theory article. But I've actually, um, the main reason or the thing that finally put the nail in the coffin for me is there's a podcast here called the Six to Go podcast, which is run by a guy called Thomas Kenfell. And he's only just started it. So he's only got seven episodes, but he um, is actually a avid fan of the NRL fantasy amateurs. And I'm not even being joked. I'm not even rustling you, Jimmy. He's about that. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a keen listener. I'm sure he'll hear this shout out at 55 minutes in, but his podcast, he's just come out. I think he's um, in media for, um, you know, like he's a, he's a, actually a professional media person. Uh, but he interviews a lot of popular, you know, guys like Dan Ganane and, you know, um, he's recently had Ben Eichen on and they were sort of talking about team selections. And that Ben Eichen one was really, really good. There was some really good stuff in there about team composition for the Broncos. But the one thing he said was they were when um, Tom asked him, what they were really, what player were you most excited about? Um, and he mentioned Jordan Ricky and and Selwyn Cobbo, but then he also said we're really excited to get Pat Carrigan back because he we think he's going to be a great number thirteen for our club. Now, I 
uh, was of the impression that maybe Kobe Hetherington was going to be the 13. But if he's not the 13, that means he's either a bench forward or a utility or a left right out, uh, which is bad, obviously. And he's in in 14.7% of teams. His PPM is not great at the best of times, but if he's a bench forward, he's definitely no good. Uh, guys, are we comfortable to put him in the Mirage category and, and instruct people if they've got Hetherington to go to their team, pause the podcast, take him out and, um, you know, replace him with somebody good and then come back and post play again? <laughs> yeah, get Ryan James in there, apparently. apparently that's the oh, God. What do, you, what do you reckon, Shane? Are you Kobe Hetherington? Yeah. In or out or? Uh, I had a look at him, but I've got Ruben Cotter, similar sort of hooker mid, I think. So I'll be spending a bit more okay. money and going, Ruben. Somebody that's, yeah, someone that's not bad. Yep, okay. Uh, next guy on the list, James Tedesco. Obviously, uh, former fantasy gun, maybe not this year with the tackle bus, crab walk nerf. But, um, you know, Ryan, you did the In Focus article on him. And he, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, did not score a try or only scored one try after – it was one try after Luke Keery got injured and that was against the Broncos. Yeah, correct. Um, he His try scoring fell off dramatically um, after Keery got injured. That said, his try assist rate um, did go up a little bit. Um, but I think my conclusion uh, with the tackle bus nerf um, in that article was that he's basically priced at where I think he's going to average – um, mm-hmm. This year, like obviously losing about seven points a game um, just from loss of tackle busts is is a big dip, um, and I, you know I would expect his tries to his try scoring rate to improve um, this year, but I'd also expect his try assist rate to come down a slight bit as well. So um, all in all, I think he's going to be probably the third or fourth best wing fullback. Um, Latrell might be pushing him with that wing uh, with that goal kicking, but um, you know he's probably going to be a finals team keeper, but um, I think the days of him being a you know out and out number one wing fullback, I think they're done. Yeah, he um, he certainly falls into the fun of the watch category. Um, but Shane, I'm I'm guessing by your uh, game theory that you seem to be operating on, you probably aren't a Tedesco by a week one either. No, nah, I can only fit one gun fullback, and Pappenhausen's the man. Can't fit Ponga yeah. or Tedesco in. Yeah, oh, I don't know if Ponga fits under the gun category at the moment. Anyway, I've I'm, I've made a nice nice bet on that on Twitter actually recently that he's going to be outside the top five. So we'll see how we go with that one. But mate, there's enough, the next guy on our list here is somebody I'm I'm almost I reckon he's your centre partner with Stephen Crichton. And tell me if I'm wrong, is it Will Penasini? Is that he's in your centres with Stephen Crichton? Certainly is. Yeah, lovely. All right, so talk to me about Will Penasini. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well, obviously, he showed a bit, particularly in those last two games of the season in the finals, a 50 and a 30-something, um, trialist 30-something against the Panthers. Um, he uh, obviously showed a, a lot there. Is he – I mean, what's your expectations for Penasini? Obviously, you think he's really in your team. Yeah, I reckon you could bank on 35 to 40 points. Pretty solid scorer. Yeah. Cheap. Yeah. He's got pretty big wraps. He's got good points per minute from what I've seen. So, mm. yeah, I reckon he's a goer. Not, not to mention the guns. <laughs> I've seen the guns. Ryan, are you, well, he's, he's only 19, but he's, geez, a nugget. 
He's uh, you know, he's in the Conrad Hurrell mold, mold almost. Ryan, are you um, are you going with the Penasini or is he in your team or not at the moment? Yeah, no, he's in my side at the moment. Um, I, I just think you know for his price and what we've seen from him, um, yeah, he, he he's what uh, Joseph Sawali wishes he was. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. The eye test, he, I think he passes the eye test. I went to the, I had every intention of doing scouting on him the other day. I went to the media room, grabbed a beer, put put on the Knights versus Eels uh, finals game, just sort of wanted to get my really sort of, because he's one of the, I've sort of been struggling to get a read on and I got a bit distracted with my beer and TikToks and I just completely stopped watching the game altogether and I wasted an hour sitting in front of a TV I wasn't watching. So I'm going to have to do that again. Uh, this weekend, which is going to be tough, I know, but I'll, I'll get through it. Um, Dave Fafita, obviously, I've I've seen my test on him. Now I know exactly what he's going to do, which is break a lot of tackles. What I don't know is if he's going to be playing eighty minutes or fifty minutes, or he's going to sit out on the the edge and, and run for thirty meters in fifty five minutes, and then complain he's got a sore back after the season's done when he's got people criticizing him for being a pee heart. Um, obviously. I don't think, but based on our uh, money that I think we're all spending, none of us have got Dave Fafita. He's in almost 12% of teams, though. Uh, he's one that, you know, I think if you've got him, you can uh, reallocate those funds somewhere else. Uh, are you guys comfortable with that advice, or do you have something to the contrary? I wish I could fit him in. I love him as a player, but, yeah. Just oh, mate, he's, he's definitely fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I think no. he was playing I, injured too last year. So, yeah, he reckoned he was getting pain, four pain killing shots before every game. I read, which is obviously bad for perfor- fantasy performance. Well, I mean, he still did pretty good. So, I think he's one you'll definitely get at some point through the year, but just not right now. Yeah. Um. All right, Ryan. Who the hell is Jensen Taumapiao? What did you call me? <laughs> So uh, he is a centre-eligible player, 220K for the Sharks. Uh, I think people are basing this on the assumption that they think that he is going to play left-centre for the Sharks. I can 100% guarantee you that he's not going to be the left-centre for the Sharks in week one. It will be either Connor Tracy or Ronaldo Militalo if they decide to bring Ikevalu in on the wing. So if you've got one of the 12% of people or 11.2% of people that's got Jensen Talmapio in your team, pause the podcast, go to your team, take him out of your team, replace him with somebody that's going to be available in round one. Kurt Capewell, next man on the list here, somebody that I think, Ryan, when we recorded our last episode of the year, which was the way too early 2022 options, and I actually really want to go back through there and remember what we said because I'm sure we were going through picking players out, and I think Capewell would have been one of them. Um Comes in with a break-even of 41, which means he'd need to average in the low 50s to be a buy. I think before the tackle bus nerf, he was looking like he might get there. But, Ryan, we sort of pegged him more for a high 40s and, and not quite enough value. Is that you are of the same mind there? Yeah, I think everyone knows by now my opinion on Kate. Well, he's always been your boy. Um I've always had this like bit of a bias against him, uh, just in terms of the amount of missed tackles he racks up. I yeah, I just I can't start with him. He's a mirage to me. Yep. Uh, you agree, Shane, or do you are you a believer? Yeah, I don't think he's fantasy relevant. Put him in the mirage. Lovely. Happy to be proven right, wrong. 
Right. I love that we're sticking to this real Mirage thing and we've done it dedicatedly for every player. Um, <laughs> Caelan Bonga, next man on the list. You brought him up earlier. Shane, it sounded like you were kind of thinking that Ponga was going to go all right this year. Is this just based on you thinking that he's going to have to do all the work with all the other players leaving and being injured? Or, you know, do you, can, are you seeing something yeah. that we're not? If you can get a season in where he stays fit, he's a, he's a mm. gun. But, yeah, he hasn't shown much in the last couple of years. Yep, cool. And I guess you could be also describing the next guy here, Sean Johnson. Same thing. We spoke to NRL Physio about him. He was the one player that he was willing to break his quote-unquote uh, players don't aren't injury-prone list for Sean Johnson. Obviously, former McGahn hasn't shown a lot the last couple of years. Massive decrease, 10.1% teams for the um, the tackle bus and kick meter nerf. He's copping both of those. and. Um, he really shouldn't be in your team at all this year unless you believe he's going to regress back to his 2015-16 try scoring rate. So I did a really good in focus on him. If I don't say so myself, I'm going to go check it out. If you think a, a random 30-year-old halfback's going to turn back the clock and completely change his play style back to what he was doing when he was 25, then by all means, buy Sean Johnson. But I think we all know where it's heading. Reuben Cotter. I don't have Reuben Cotter in my team, Shane, but you do. Take yeah, us, you probably know um, more about Ruben. He, uh, you don't have a rap on him, yep. mate. I do. Um, I've been. I've had the. I've had a bit of fear put into me recently. Somebody's been telling me that he's actually going to be. Well, the the the. It's the Connor Watson role, kind of, um, by the sounds of it. So, but the problem is they've already got a couple of big minute forwards there at the Cowboys, and I just obviously we know Todd Baton is a uh, notorious Seabold. So I don't know if we can trust him to do the right thing. And, um, I mean, Cotter, I like him, uh, but I'm, I kind of trust Ryan James a bit more for yeah, way yeah. less money. I was looking you at know? Ruben if he gets like 65-plus minutes. But... Oh, no, 0% chance of that. You can, if that's what you're thinking, you can scratch him off right now. He might have to be one yeah. I put the yeah. crossover. Look for someone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the biggest minute the biggest minute middle forward of the Cowboys will be Lolo with 57, 58 minutes. Everyone else is going to be 50 or less. So they got a Hass, not Hass, they got Hess, Dunn, and Gilbert, all big minute middles, plus Tomalolo, McLean, and um They'll have Cotter playing middle minutes um, because they're also going to carry Granville and Reese Robson, and then they'll have Nanai and Lukey. But I think Lukey's not going to play 80. I think Nanai will play 80 and Lukey will play like 60 and Gilbert will play the minutes out on the edge. I think 50 to 55 for Cotter is 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 the range. You don't reckon he'll go you know, into hooker? No, no. Unless they roll... Unless they roll with Granville, but Granville was actually really oh, like I'm a Granville hater, and he was pretty good last year, uh, playing wherever they needed him to. Um, if they don't roll with Granville, that just means they're going to have an extra middle forward then, which is worse for Cotter. Yeah, you know, they'd need they'd need to like let Reese Robson go. That would be what they'd need. Like they'd need to go. We're committing to Cotter Robson. We're letting you go to the Dolphins or the Knights or wherever. Cotter's our hooker, but I think they see Cotter as a uh, as a kind of Watson, like he's a yeah, you know, he can fill That's in. 
not the best yeah. for fantasy. No, but I mean, Watson was good last year. Don't get me wrong, but like if Cotter was four fifty, I'd be having a completely different conversation. But he's just a really awkward price. Um, I just don't trust it. And like, mm. I think, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I think like Ryan James is an interesting one who we'll bring up on our podcast episode. Um, but he um obviously is is looking like he'll be the prop for the first two weeks and then, you know, really Flegler hasn't done anything to keep the job. And, you know, he's an extra 70K or whatever less than Cotter. Um, you know, he's probably somewhere you can enable and, and free up some funds even and probably get similar scoring out of. And I don't know. if I mean, if Cotter's in the 13 in round one, then maybe that changes things a little bit. I'd be, I've had him in and out of my team. Like, I think 55 is plenty for him. but Because um, he, I mean, he had zero attacking stats in his in average in his average of forty four or whatever he got in fifty minutes, so you know he just sneaks, bot, yeah. yeah, sneaks a couple of tries in now and then. And I mean, obviously, I don't have very high hopes of the Cowboys scoring a lot of tries, but he's not going to get zero again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's yeah, he's um, yeah, I I I don't think fifty's out of the realms of possibility, but he's certainly you know, and I mean, Tom has been in and out with injury. McLean exercises his player option and he's looking at a gigantic downgrade on his contract. You know, Gilbert, if they do play him out on the edge, that's really good for Cotter. So, you know, he's one that I'll have my eye on and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give a definitive opinion closer. But as it stands right now, I'm leaning towards not trusting him. Should we put him in the other category then? Yeah, yeah. Wait and see. Watch the trials. TBA. <laughs> he's going in the others. Yeah, there's a song about that. All right, next guy on the list here, Ryan. Um, now we're gonna. There's a couple of guys here who are in kind of an awkward category of. of I'm gonna, but I'm gonna lump them in with this crowd. Uh, the first one's Andrew Davy. Pull one out for Andrew Davy. Obviously, awesome last year in the 16 minutes that we had him for. Um, before doing his ACL, <laughs> he's obviously going to be available this year, but he's probably not going to be in the team round one with Schuster and. Uh, Hamole Olakawatu on the edges, unless they decide to put Andrew Davey in the team in round one, in which case you can easily put him into your squad. But right now, I think the prevailing advice, Ryan, unless you disagree with this, is to, if you do have Andrew Davey in your team, pause the podcast, go to your team, take him out and replace him with somebody who's going to be available in round one. What do you think, Ryan? Is that is that the advice? Yeah, I, 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 that's the advice. Unless you you only got him in your team to uh, you know reminisce about what could have been, but otherwise get yeah. him out. Baby, come back! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next guy on the list. I got a shout out earlier for being a guy who I picked as being a, a good option, and then didn't have the nuts to buy, which is Isaiah Papali'i. Uh, he's in nine point six percent of teams. Uh, Parramatta Eels could be a mid, could be a edge bench. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. He's off to the West Tigers next year before they ship Luciano Lelua up to far north. Uh, Papali'i, obviously, gun option. Shane, you spoke about him as being somebody you wanted but decided with Payne Haas. He's more of a other save him for later in the year if he's still a gun buy him type of deal. We're happy with yeah. that. Yeah, try and get him in at some stage. Yep. Hopefully loses some money and, yeah, get him in later. Yep, good stuff. All right, we're going to breeze through him, go to the next one. Chance Nickel Cookstar, all three of us have him. We think he's a jet. Jump on our website, have a look at the in-focus article on our website, www.amateursfantasysports.com.au backslash NRL and click on the link down the bottom for Chance Nickel Cookstar as to why he's a jet. 
Um, but um, Hamaso Tabuifado is the next guy up here. Uh, Ryan, I'm I've been very pro Hamaso Belent, who's one of our Facebook members who posts a lot of stuff and and has a lot of valuable contributions to the group. He got upset when I said uh, Hamaso was a gun. In fact, he said he almost spit his cereal all over the table. So, mate, um, <clears throat> what do you think on Hamaso? Am I am I is my Cowboys goggles on or do you like him? What do you think? He's currently in nine point or eight point nine, so nine percent of teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm tending to think you might have the cowboy goggles on a little bit. Like I see okay. your point in in terms of his potential ceiling. Uh, I, I just find his variance. He's a he's one of those players. I think he's going to have a very high variance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like what? Because what did you say? You said his floor was about forty five. Um, oh, season long, not season, season long, right. not individual game. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to think his floor could be as low as 40. Um, you know, I, I can certainly see the case for, for you know, you saying that he can hit the heights of 50 because he does have that, you know, that speed and attacking ability. But um, I, I don't know. I just can't get out of my head that he doesn't mind a, you know, a, a disappearing act at fullback, putting up mm. like a 20 or, you know, even in the teens sometimes. Yeah, that was the year before though, wasn't it? 2020, yeah. We had, we had a bigger yeah. sample then. We only got about three games at him at fullback last year. Yeah, he's allowed to grow, mate. Leave him alone. What do you reckon, Shano? Are you on my side or are you siding with Ryan? Probably Ryan, I think. Oh, <laughs> you think he's gonna get be, out of it. Is he going to be a fullback this year? Yeah, 100%. Week one, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems, yeah, as Ryan said, he goes missing in games. Yeah, pretty I think that's why they want him at fullback. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be too variable. Got, might get a 60, 70, and then a 30. Yep. I don't think he's going to be too consistent. No. But I did look at him, but... Yeah. No, I mean, he's he's one that he's been in and out. He's actually not currently in my team. So, but he's just one that I like, and I think he could be a gun. If he was only wing fullback, I wouldn't be looking at him at all. It's just because he's got the center duel. I think that the mm. final team centre duo that you're going to want is Hamaso and Matt Burton. But I'm not starting with either of them, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Bird, speaking of centres, uh, he's another guy who is an option here at centre. Um, I've dubbed Ryan in to do an in-focus article on him in the coming days. Uh, he is going to be playing at lock or in the middle, uh, whether starting or off the bench. We don't know. Um, but uh, as we've discussed, obviously this Dragons uh, forward pack, there's lots of guys who can play fairly high minutes. There's Molos in there, Jack DeBell and Blake Laurie, Josh Kerr, George Burgess and a bunch of other spuds, but probably not enough for um, Jack Bird to get a significant amount of minutes. He's probably, uh, uh, I mean, we if we're predicting him, Ryan, we probably need to use Connor Watson as a baseline uh, from 2021, don't we? Yeah, that, that that seems to be a pretty good comparison. I yeah, it's just um, like he was one of the first picked in my teams, like in my original draft. But then, like I just thought about it a bit more in terms of like um, similar to what we were saying about the Tigers in terms of um, how many middles they've got. You know, you you reference the Dragons there, um, and again, you know, they've just got so many players that can in, play decent minutes in that middle. Uh, if he somehow you know nab 
an 80 minute edge roll. Um, I think just about everyone would <laughs> be starting with him apart from Shane because he doesn't spend money on setters. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just in that that lock roll, uh, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to get the minutes to to justify being a round one buy. Yeah. No, Shane, do you disagree with that? Or you, you sound like you don't because you hate spending yeah. on centers. Pretty much. He won't get as many yep. points for his little crab run, palm offs, and that sort of thing. Uh, no, love it. Good, mate. I want to ask you about the next guy, though. Um, I just am absolutely uh, gushing for Harry Grant. Uh, I think he's the greatest thing since last breed. He, he might be my favorite player in the NRL. Uh, he is going to be suspended for week one, but I don't care. I've got him in my team anyway. Break even a 56, average 55 last year. He's getting nerfed with the tackle bus. I don't care. I think he's, you know, just an absolute jet. Uh, hey, what are you doing about your hooker position? Do you have Harry Grant? Did you go Damien Cook? What What are you doing there? Do you think Harry Grant is the second coming of the better version of Cameron Smith? What do you reckon? Is that you, me or Ryan? You. Yeah, you, Jano. Yeah, I, I did say I was, wasn't going to start with anyone not playing round one, but I had to make an exception for Harry Grant. He's one of my big five. I reckon he's going to have a big year. He's just a gun. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, no, absolute weapon. Ryan, you were a one, you know, when I sort of, when I did my game theory article and I sent it to you, you kind of were just like, oh, I'm going to have to see you in focus on Harry Grant because I... I hadn't sort of thought that much about him. Did I sway you? Do you are you convinced? Are you not convinced? I saw on your on our poll today. You said you're going cheap at the position. Does that mean you don't have Harry Grant? Yeah, I think you guys are mad. I'm not starting with anyone that's a red dot round one. You, you'll have plenty of red dots soon enough. Like you can pivot to him yeah, later. Um, he's not going to be a red dot. He's got his one out of the way. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just. And David like Craig. he seemed very convinced that he's going to be playing, playing you know seventy plus minutes week in week out. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. no concern about Brandon Smith pinching you know fifteen no. here or there, fifteen no. twenty. No, he sucks, Brandon Smith. He's not even a good. No concern there. No, <laughs> no zero. Okay, no. all right. No, I think you guys I'm, are mad. I'm, my, I'm, not I'm, I'm planting my flag on that one. I refuse to waver. I haven't even thought about taking Harry Grant out of my team. It's never even entered my mind. So, if he was playing round one, if he was playing round one, it'd give me a lot more thought. But I'm just not starting with the red dot. Ryan, I think I'm going to have to fight you. <laughs> like a physical fist fight. It'll be bad for me because I'll lose because you're much bigger than me. But I'll do it anyway for Harry Grant. You know who I won't fight you for, though, is Tepe Moroa, who's also in the Melbourne Storm and the second and third last player that we're going to talk about, 8.7%. I'm more of the opinion that it's going to be Jordan Grant uh, in this cheapy 240k Melbourne Storm spot. I'm fine with people leaving Tepe Moroa in their team because if it isn't Moroa and it's Grant at the same price plan for the same team, swap in, swap out, I'm fine with that. Um, so between them, Grant's 0.7. I just think Grant might fill a little bit of that Nelson, a Sofa a gigantic body, come on, play 25 minute and just, you know, train play over the top of people roll. Um, I mean, it could, it could be both. I don't think it's going to be both, but I mean, I mean, I think Josh King's going to have one spot and we'll talk about him in our podcast episode, even though I can't believe that he's in the podcast episode. Um, Tempo Moro, 
is he going to be in the team one one Ryan, or you think it's going to be Jordan Grant, or neither? You think it's going to be Eisenhuth and Liero, or what? Uh, I, I tend to lean towards it'll be Jordan Grant, but like you said, it's an easy pivot if it's not. So it's not one I'm really sweating about. It's just you know sort of a wait and see. Um, we'll get more information through the trials as well. Like that'll be a big um, a, a key piece of who wins that role. I think how they perform in the trials. Yep, good stuff, Shane. What do you reckon? Do you like Moro? Yeah, I'm going to have one of the cheap storm forwards. Yeah, look at the trials. Have a better gauge after that. I have got him yeah. in there at the moment, but yeah, could easily be swapped out. Easy flip flop. Yeah, can I tell you guys, as somebody who owned Moro in the past, in a in a previous life before he went over to Super League or Rugby, you know, whatever the hell he did. Um, he wasn't very fun to own then, and it's not going to be any more fun now. So just, yeah, put Jordan Grant in your team because at least he's exciting and gigantic and maybe he might be fun. I don't know. Uh, second last guy here we're going to talk about, Connor Watson comes over from Newcastle. His name's been mentioned a bunch of times in this podcast, not in reference to him. Uh, he moves over back to the Roosters from his old team, the Knights. But before that, he was also at the Roosters. And, um, I mean... This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It feels like people groping around for a mid, but I mean, I, like I had a look at Watson uh, with regards to Victor Radley the other day, and I really sort of think he's going to be playing twenty minutes a hooker and fifteen minutes a lock, and and be not relevant for fantasy. Is that? Do you guys have a different read to that, Shane? Do you have a different read to that? Is that? I mean, you know, do you think he's going yeah. to displace Verrills? Yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to get the minutes. No, he's a gun player when he gets on, but he's in the sort of same boat as Ruben Cotter, but even more expensive. So, yeah, I couldn't yeah. start with him. No, bizarre stuff. Ryan, you, you think you think he's going to play hooker? Uh, I mean, he might play hooker round one because Verrills is suspended, but after that, no, I, I think Verrills is going to be in that squad. Um, yeah, mm. I, when, you, when I saw him on this list, it just yeah, didn't make any sense to me. I don't know why 8% of yeah. players have spent 650K here. Yeah, if you've got Connor Watson, first go to the NRL website and go to the interview that Connor Watson did about how he's looking forward to being a utility and coming on and covering in the back line and playing a bunch of different positions. And then go to your fantasy team, take Connor Watson out and replace him with somebody better. Um, But, you know, and the (laughs) the last guy on this list before we wrap it up, Shane's got to go to bed. Uh, he's not used to these long nights of podcasting. He's probably tired of listening to my voice. Angus Crichton's the last one on the list here of the above 8% owned guys at exactly 8%. Um, similar to the Payne Haas, Isaiah Popoli'i mold. Seems like people are just groping for a uh, a gun, like mid-eligible player or edge-eligible player if they don't trust Bloor or a couple of the other guys. Uh, Ryan, obviously, Angus is... A real, but he's more of like a real, but not right now type guy. You, you know, you probably, you know, I mean, there's no, I mean, unless you're looking for the attacking upside of the the roosters in the soft schedule in in the early rounds. Yeah, to, to me, um, you know, he's, he's a guy you target at the end of the season. If you need a mid that badly, just find the extra thirty or twenty five k and get Haas. You know, like if if you're gonna if you want to start with a keeper mid, I'd I'd go Haas uh, for an extra twenty odd k. Um, I've got no doubt Angus is going to be a keeper. He's going to be great, but I'd, yeah, I just wouldn't start with him round one. Yeah, cool. Obviously, Shane sounds like you agree because you got Haas. Yeah, same, same yeah, thoughts. Good stuff. Try and get him in some All right. stage. 
Lovely. I reckon that'll do. What do you think? Yeah. Excellent. All done. Good stuff. All right. Lovely. All right, guys. So before we wrap up, Shane, give us your uh, number one piece of advice for uh, a new fantasy player. Because obviously we've got a new, lot of new guys. Hopefully they've listened to this entire podcast to soak in all the wisdom that we have for them. Uh, well, maybe not you. Uh, maybe not me, but you too anyway. Um, what's your number one piece of advice for a new fantasy player, Shane? Well, just get either Nathan Cleary or Turbo. Either or. Chuck the captain on them. Get a whole heap of mids that are going to make money. Like, not sort of mid-price, I mean. Sort of 350 to 400 ones are going to make money at the start of the year. Get some cheapies. Get about five or six guns. And cheap centers, of course. Number one rule. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That sounds exactly like something I wrote about a week ago in my Game Theory article. So that sounds good. I like it. So good to see you've been taking in the podcast content and the uh, the website content, Shana. And uh, Ryan, I, I know what you're going to say. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up here. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm glad you oh, suffered through 85 minutes of us talking about the most popularly owned players and hopefully you took all those guys out of your team. And uh, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Love you guys. Thanks, guys. Nice chatting. See ya. Good, good.